Hello and welcome to the Liberation Podcast, an exploration of what it means when we say our liberation is bound in each other. Through interviews and personal dialogue, we will dissect just how liberation is experienced by the individual and how in result manifests in their communities. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Liberation Podcast. My name is Far Parrot. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining. Happy New Year to everybody. It is 2022. We are in the first week of 2022. Um, if you were to ask me when I graduated high school seven years ago, I don't think I would tell you that 2022 is a feasible year. Like I've, I just, does it doesn't like roll off the tongue like the teens did, you know, like 2014, 2012, 2016, like all of that just kind of rolls off the tongue. 2022 is like my tongue is doing too much work and uh, my brain's confused. Everything is turned upside down. And yeah, but we're here. So there you go. I got to spend my New Year's um, covering from COVID. That's really fun. And um, as I record this now, I might have an extra jazz lounge hostess kind of vibe to me. My voice is a little lower and a little more like raspy on the low end uh, because I'm still recovering a little bit. This is the first day that my voice has been stable enough to actually record this intro, which is great. Um, so yeah, that's how I spent my New Year's, which I feel like I almost, I got COVID a week early, you know, because even if I went to like a bonfire or something on New Year's, we would have gotten it. But enough about me. I am joined today with the energetic the lovely, the comedic, the dancing, the educating, the farming expert, the land steward, the community elder, that is Miss Pearl. Miss Pearl is the head of Brooklyn Heights Community Garden here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I have been following the Urban Garden for a long time. They do a lot of amazing work in intergenerational education. Um, and they do these amazing programs during the summer and well, really kind of all year round until the winter, uh, different like energy exchanges and different workshops and stuff. And so I've been following them for a while. I've attended a few of their events and they're very soul nourishing and, uh, really just positive, man, just like a heavy intake of positive nurturing space. And uh, I asked Miss Pearl to be on here because she is such a space maker. She truly has designed and built this space up to be one of nurture and education and true community building. So let me tell you a little bit more about the garden and then we will hop right into it, okay? Brooklyn Heights Community Garden is a 0.56 acre urban farm located on formerly vacant lots in the Brooklyn Heights neighborhood of Nashville, Tennessee. This neighborhood is a historically black and low income neighborhood that experiences food apartheid and food is within a food desert. So basically the two different things there is food apartheid is an intentionality. So when a neighborhood is experiencing food apartheid, this means it is done by legislation. It's done by redlining. It's done by um, district lining. Like it's, it's a whole thing. 
Um, and so a lot of the time, um, when a food apartheid is underway, it means that it's, a an, another way that is like a substantial way to cause gentrification as well. Um, in a way larger scale and outside of Nashville, if you want to think about any kind of, um, governmental takeover or like militant takeover of different like nations or different regions in a nation, you can think about Palestine, how like a lot of farms were taken away from Palestinian farmers and a lot of um, different areas were sectioned off that have food supply. Um, same thing in Pakistan, like in the Pakistan Indian border, there's a huge discrepancy between farmland. So that's what a, like structurally a food apartheid is. Food desert is more of just geography and a food desert just means that basically there's no grocery stores or farmers markets or any kind of like, structurally placed location where produce and all things that are provided in a grocery store are made available within a mile or so of like larger neighborhoods so that is where brooklyn heights sits within uh public transportation in this neighborhood is also inadequate for residents who don't have any other form of mobility and this is why brooklyn heights community garden is so important because they provide a lot of much needed fresh and healthy fruits and vegetables and herbs right in their own neighborhood and so they can take care of themselves and they can create this hub that is an actual effort to feed the neighborhood um, and through their efforts brooklyn heights has been thriving as a food hub that honors the land and uplifts intergenerational learning and play please if you can support Brooklyn Heights Community Garden, they are raising money for a $2 million building, which is going to be an education hub. It's going to be for workshops. It's going to be for them to be able to work in this building and be able to expand and buy more land and just create like this fucking mecca uh, of people that are going to get together and take care and kick ass and take care of this community, which is amazing. So if you are able to give to that, um, the link will be in the show notes, all information about the garden. How can you get involved if you live in Nashville or a surrounding area and just feel moved to come and help? There are links to donate. There are links to share all the things. There's a link to their TikTok where Miss Pearl does some interesting theatrical dancing with some beautiful costumes that I'm not sure if she makes herself, but she sure as hell wears them. So Miss Pearl's also on the board of the directors for the garden and a little bit more about her just educational and career background because she's not um, technically a farmer for a career, even though that is her like life. This is what she does. But she also is a certified uh, life coach. She is a certified permaculturist um, through the Earth Activist Training. Uh, she is a reflexologist. She is a cosmetologist. She has, she's a poet. She is a dancer. She has been written in the New York Times, the Tennessean, the Nashville Business Journal, the Economic Edge, Nashville Pride, and the Nashville Scene. Um, she has worked with prisons. She has worked in the First Art Museum. She has done all of the things. This woman bounces off the walls with energy. She's incredible. And honestly, I had a really, I got to have a really tender moment of reflection uh, within our own conversation about thinking about my grandma and how important it was to have a space like a garden for me. Um, my grandma's not like Miss Pearl. She's a, a little bit more quieter and a little less energetic, but I got to reflect on how important it was for me 
growing up in the way that I did and how uh, kind of scary my mind would get even as a young kid, being able to go with my grandma to just like Lowe's or Walmart or Home Depot, pick some flowers. She had a massive rose garden, a bunch of vegetable gardens and stuff. And so just being able to be very quiet and start weeding, uh, picking some thorns, like harvesting fruits, harvesting vegetables, like all of that was done in a lot of silence, but it also allowed me, I don't know, just space to exist, to just breathe. And just, uh, if I needed to think about something, I could think about something. If I didn't, I didn't have to. And then, you know, my grandma and I would just sit on her front porch and talk shit <laughs> and like enjoy each other's company. And she never made me feel like my emotions were wrong or um, misunderstood or she just let me say anything if I had anything to say. And likewise that I would respect anything that she was saying and I would listen to her full stories and I would listen to a lot of the things she was saying because this was somebody, it was like a, a first experience that I got to see a person as opposed to just kind of like being a kid and you like, you meet your friends, friends or your parents, friends and, and whatever. And you're like, cool, whatever. But I got to like know an adult and that was really interesting to me. And just seeing the multiplicities of someone like greatly older than me was just something I really cherish and I still cherish to this day. And so hearing Miss Pearl and her dedication to, um, child education, intergenerational education as well. And her, um, like daily practice of just making sure that people recognize everyone's humanity and seeing each other for exactly who they are that day and never losing sight of like, you are a human being and I'm not coming at you with judgment, but I am re like, I want to meet you where you are, but also like, we need to we need to like tango and find like correct footing for this day or we can't get this task done or you know my vegetables aren't going to grow if you like if we aren't going to be in mutual understanding of how to take care of them and like all this stuff so i was able to walk away from our conversation with uh almost like a little bit more ease and just be like okay yeah i get crazy intellectual and over analytical and i always always see the 5,000 layers of complexity without before they show up if that makes sense and so talking to Miss Pearl put me at ease more of like you don't you might see all, or you might be able to project all these layers onto a person but until they show you those layers or until they trust you with those layers or whatever you have to take them every day once a day like, and, and just deal with what they give you on a daily basis, as opposed to, I see all of this and I'm going to respond to the things that I am assuming you have. I asked Miss Pearl, you know, were you aware of like the lineage of, of black folks farming and, and this actual like farming as a kind of like rebellion or, or self-sufficiency and, and whatever. And she was like, no. I had no idea because she grew up doing it and you know, it wasn't until somebody else like gave her some books and gave her like different articles and, and whatever of like history of black farming 
especially in the South and the Midwest of real and middle Tennessee specifically of black folks creating full civilizations at, uh, post abolition solely based on their ability to take nearly infertile soil and turn it around and create full, uh, living civilizations and, and towns and villages and stuff, very full sustaining and also based on heavily based on mutual aid. Yes, she was raised with all of that and she was, and she goes in to t talk about that, but it also just like made me smile because I was like, because it is natural, you know what I mean? It is a natural thing to want to take care of your community. It is a natural thing for intergenerational learning. It is natural, but when you come from a specific country or when you live in a specific country that has a specific history about taking away that natural living from specific people for hundreds of years, it almost doesn't seem logical. It almost doesn't seem like you should be taking care of everybody. You, it doesn't seem that you should be having these networks of mutual aid. And it's very interesting that without thinking, without having this theoretical practice, that she still did it because it just naturally came to her. And I just think that was a very beautiful thing and it just put a huge smile on my face. And so um, I really hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Miss Pearl very energetic you learn a lot about her in, in a short period of time and um i just enjoy the hell out of her she is just a big ball of energy last thing before we get into this little convo i know i've been talking for a long time uh go ahead and rate and subscribe to this podcast you can now rate podcasts on spotify and i know the majority of you guys listen to it on spotify that would be amazing um it allows for visibility like more visibility for me in this podcast which is what we would love we want all the listeners all the friends and family here um it allows for me to gauge community involvement it also i don't know just makes me feel good so it's a nice little ego boost you know and for someone who deals with so much anxiety i need a little bit of an ego boost now and again link to my patreon and one-time donations will also be in the show notes um, if you could review the show, if you listen to it on Apple podcasts, that would be great. Um, all, all the information, you know where it is. It's all in the show notes. Um, but yeah, rate and subscribe to the show. That is, that would be great. That'd be amazing. That'd be so good. It would bring a nice little smile to my hard, cold, hardened heart. That would be great. Thank you so much. Without further ado, this is my conversation with Miss Pearl. Okay, so welcome to the show. Um, I have gotten such a joy of watching Brooklyn Heights Community Garden and participating in a couple of the energy exchanges that y'all have done. And uh, just seeing your joyful self on your TikToks and spreading a lot of um, positive land stewardship in ways that I haven't seen done a lot. And uh, so I was very moved and wanted to talk to you. And it's been a lot of rescheduling and and hopping around schedules and stuff so I'm glad that you're here um and in researching so I did my little researching looked you up a little bit and I feel that the times that I've spoken to people who do food justice stuff or a lot of community aid or anything like that they've kind of had a lineage of thinking about 
justice in that way or, or kind of devoted their full life to seeing food and like um gardening and all of these things as their like sole thing but you do a lot you do you have like an education and career in childhood development and education you do poetry you do dancing you do land stewardship all of those things so I'm curious of what what kind of inspired you as a as a young or if you grew up with a kind of um community that already was circulating like this that had this kind of uh gardening or community aspects like this and then how does the how does your career in or your devotion to kind of childhood development inform what you do now okay well first i want to say it's a plum pleasing pleasure <laughs> to be asked to even to speak on uh, and yes my mind is just racing so what i'm working on is slowing down my thoughts mm-hmm. and speaking in such a manner that it's uh, all can be grasped by everybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I come from a family of five brothers and five sisters, and we was poor, but we didn't know it was poor. We always cooked on, I mean, we grew our own foods and our own chickens. We just done it, but I didn't like eating the chickens because I, that was our buddies and our friends. So I became a vegetarian <laughs> back before it was even popular. I'm not mm-hmm. a vegetarian now. But um, my mother and father, we just grew the stuff when we just, we didn't think none of it. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents had a, a farm. Um, we didn't know the importance of it. I was still a young ch- child when they, he passed. So they sold it off. But every summer we would go to the farm and just play. But I, that's how I felt it was. But we was actually working, mm-hmm. you know, uh, slopping the pigs, cleaning out the uh, Stalls with the uh, with the donkey, the mule, and the cows, and the and the uh, chickens, and mm-hmm. we would just pick the corn and get all that little prickly okra, which I don't like okra to this day. I guess because of that, it makes you itch. I got sensitive skin, yeah. but we would just have fun. It would, which I thought was fun, like but we was working, and but so I think that instilled in me about work at. Well, I know they did about having good work ethic, about being a um, make sure your word is your bond mm-hmm. because uh, what we say reflects exactly who we are. And if you say like you, we, you and I, we kept on making um, time to be together, making appointments, mm-hmm. and then something would happen, mm-hmm. and it just didn't manifest. But we kept at it. And it had nothing to do with our word or anything of that caliber. It was just life was unfolding. Mm-hmm. And it folded just right today for us to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and so to be honest, now I could be totally honest about this land stewardship. I didn't know that's all I was doing. Yeah. I have five biological daughters and I've reared about 30, 35 children. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that they needed some hope and some direction. And I know they needed to be able to explore and just be themselves. Mm-hmm. And just um, show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to remember all the things you said. So I can kind of no, you're talk. good. No, you're fine. Um, so something I wanted to to pull from what you were you were answering, and I think I saw some of it in in some other interviews that you had done. Something that's so moving to me about your work and just kind of your energy in general is that you. It's not like you studied 
you didn't study land stewardship or like the radical black farming or, or in the history of black farming and black land ownership and stuff like that. You just did it because that's, that's how you knew how to find yourself. And that's how you knew how to like allow space for your children or in, in people in your community to find something of themselves in this land and I think that's so extraordinary because that is, I mean, that that's exactly what land stewardship is. <laughs> like that's, it's respecting the earth so you can respect yourself and love yourself and, and create networks of people that can do that. Or at least you're providing a space so people can do that. And I, yeah. And I, I tell me more about like that, you kind of that like falling into this naturally, but also then learning more about like what this is and, and then eventually building up to Brooklyn Heights community garden. Okay. Now, so the way this gardening um, started, you know, my, like I say, we moved from public housing to this uh, neighborhood, Brooklyn Heights, it's actually scrubs Brooklyn Heights. Mm -hmm. They don't turn, change to Tolba Hill, Tarbot, T-A-L-B-O-T Hill. Mm -hmm. I still call it Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> but anyway, um, when my daughters moved here, the way I am, I wanted our house to be the hub. I want all the children to come here. So mm -hmm. I can put my eyes on them and I can hear and listen and influence them or talk to them, let, let them know, you know, help them on their journey. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to uh, just guide them. I wanted them to know that whether they needed was inside of them. But if they was going down the wrong road, I was going to help maneuver them back. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all the guys and stuff would come, and all the football people. And this one guy in particular, his name was Brent. I can't think of his last name. We call him Brent Brent. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was one, and I knew he was the leader. And I was, I'm, I was, I'm real active, um, physically riding bicycles, who jump rope, doing mm -hmm. mental stuff, math equations and stuff like that, spelling real fast. So I would always challenge them, and he never could beat me physically. He could never beat me riding the bike. Because mm -hmm. I had all these rules. And he kept saying, Your back is rigged. I said, No. Then I finally, he kept coming. And the little young girls were still trying to figure out why he hang around that old lady. Because I, my wisdom he was after, my uh, understanding, my knowledge, he mm -hmm. wanted more out of life. So we would sit on the porch and just talk, talk, talk. And I would do all these math questions with him, which I knew the answers because I made the questions up. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, You know, Seven plus two minus three equal, uh, equals something such plus four. How, what is the answer? He's like, I can't think that fast. I have to think. And I would say the answer because I already, you know, I already knew this. <laughs> but he, you know, they're just part of the game I played with him. And we played, we would do this riding a bike. And I told him, I said, the reason I beat you because you never follow the rules. You, you can't stand up. You can't come on my side of the street. And you do both of those. I said, physically, of course you're stronger than I am. But mentally, you know, not there. Mm. So he never lost after that because... Mm. He knew what I was doing. So, but anyway, long story short, some gang members moved in town and they did some kind of, he was telling me that they kind of kept wanting to um, bring him in. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, can you just tell him no? Because I didn't know about gangs. Mm -hmm. And I said, can you just, don't go. Anyway, he joined and some kind of initiation or something, they killed him. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody killed him, let's say that. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, even to this day, I still feel that pool. Mm -hmm. But I became numb. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I, I couldn't even talk. And I had a pearls brain shop. I, I couldn't go to work. And I kept saying, God, I got to do something. 
while the blood is running warm in my veins, I gotta mm-hmm. do something. So mm-hmm. I kept praying, and me prayer means to prepare. So I kept saying, "What am I gonna do? What, what can I say? What is this? What happened?" Mm-hmm. And he was an up and coming football player, and they kept having visuals, and it it, it was a shock to the whole mm-hmm. uh, community here in his school, White Creek, you know. And so I started dreaming. Have I kept asking these questions? I kept writing stuff down what to do. So that's how I do it before I go to sleep. I intentionally someone remember my dreams. So I would have all these dreams about a garden. I'm like, what? And I started having these dreams about um, two little babies, like little generator babies. Mm-hmm. I said, God, I don't need no more children. I said, <laughs> I said that ain't this ain't the answer. So, <laughs> so that's how I started. And so um and I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I got in touch with the businessman who owned that house. There was a vacant house across the street. And I told him I, I told him my vision. That um to get the community back together to um build a garden so we can because you heal on the cellular level from the inside mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. With your mind, you heal from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And the average person, you know, we don't know that. So I'm just doing the best I can, and I wanted to bring some people along with me. So that's how the garden started. And I, I love babies. that. <laughs> Thank you. The two I babies just love that. I wanted to do good and bring some people with me. I love that. Well, thank you. And you know, I so the two babies was um the one the little bitty one's gonna take care of the big one. Mm-hmm. So the little bitty baby was shoe drive. That's how I bought bought it. Mm-hmm. I was doing shoe drive. I put out a, a, a SOS. I have five brothers, five sisters, or I have five sisters, one past. And all my slew of friends, and I have done hair for fifty years. So I had people that I, my clients, I just text them and called them what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wake up on the porch and be piled of shoes. And everybody would call me, tell me, come and get the shoes. My brothers was everybody, everybody like they understood the assignment and they mm-hmm. just showed up. Mm-hmm. And so um and then uh I met an African guy at the Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And he uh started buying my shoes for me. He would send them send them uh over to Africa, you know, to Ghana. And so that's how Brooklyn Heights Community Garden started. Mm. And then um, I just kept on. And it kept saying in my mind, if you build it, they will come. Mm. And different organizations started looking at uh, helping. Different people started coming in and helping, which I appreciate that. TSU, Mahari, mm. uh, Vanderbilt, mm. um, ABC uh, College, right one street over, uh, Haynes Middle School. Harpeth Hall School, mm-hmm. Dallas Listen School, everybody was just coming um, because they understood the assignment. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Because sometimes I was like, it would be just me out there pulling weed. Right, right. Um, and sometimes the, the the information would be downloaded to me or somebody would see me on something on Facebook or through a text that I wouldn't even think about. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, yeah. And my daughters would, uh, mama, here's some pamphlets. Here's mm-hmm. something you can use from the library. You know, so everybody just kept coming. Yeah. You know, I, I probably I have forgotten more information than I than the average person even knows exists. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I've always what my goal is I always just learn something. Mm-hmm. Learn something and understand that everybody I come in contact with teaches me something and I teach them. Mm-hmm. Learn something is an exchange. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a yucky exchange. Sometimes it's low vibration. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's 
it's just spiritual, um, it's healing. Mm-hmm. And so one of my premise, because I used to leave my basket outside and I forget sometimes I have my key in my door. And, mm-hmm. and, and I made friends with the ones who were uh, on drugs, the ones who were thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ones who were a uh, little, you know, mental, mm-hmm. schizophrenic, whatever. I made them my friends because mm-hmm. I figured they were the ones who were doing the stuff they got, that they was taking stuff. So I said, if anything you need, you come get, I'll give you $2, $5. Mm-hmm. And I made the people who were stealing the bicycles. I said, now listen, somebody's stealing bikes. I'm going to give you $2, make sure nobody get my bike. <laughs> I knew it was them, but right. uh, you know, right. but I never, I didn't never catch them. I assumed it was them. Mm-hmm. They did have a whole bunch of different bikes all the time, and so that was the main premise why I started that. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know, I just didn't know that it was a like a tra- yeah. Well, it's a, a deeper than like than that. If, if it's such a a tradition that I I feel as I think the more that. Uh, we just kind of like bullet train to modernity and like uh, rely on technology so much that we forget that there's, I mean, well, number one, uh, our ability, our, as in black people, our ability to foster the land in general and be able to turn it into a fertile environment is just, is what built the country in general. But then also like, to turn those skills into self-empowerment and, and building true farming communities and communities in the sense that of just built on mutual aid in that exact form, um, is a, is a, tr- I mean, what it's a 200 year old lineage in this country and it's a forever lineage in the actual continent. So yeah, I think that's a, a really beautiful thing. And you had mentioned just a moment ago about, kind of uh, introducing spiritualism and and that kind of healing process into the garden as well, or just, I mean, your life in general, but talk to me about that. Cause I know I've seen some videos posted by the, by on the gardens Instagram page of you doing like, like African land dancing and different, like (laughs) different writ, like specific, like, um, like musical groups or, or drummers that you would bring on and, and whatever. So tell me about that and tell me about how you influence or not influence, but streamline that kind of uh, spiritual and well energy into that space. Okay. Cause um, like we always had energy exchange Wednesdays, you know, I do lymphatic drain. I do Qigong. So um, because this universe is a, is a feeling energetic universe. When you become in line with it, um, your life becomes a lot easier and it becomes less stressful. Mm-hmm. And so what I do because of different people have different re- religious preferences or no re- religious preferences. Mm-hmm. Some people come over as atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. But what I do, um, I just teach, you know, I just I just share mm-hmm. about burning sage or about deep breathing. I do a bunch mm-hmm. of deep breathing. Uh, about um, honoring yourself because I know that one thing I, I talk with some children if you're pulling weeds with me it's highly unlikely you're going to come back and steal my bike because we're bonding mm-hmm. we're sharing energy mm-hmm. we um, have become we have, we have a commonality to make something beautiful which, and we have and we honoring mother earth um, and so when you start doing that it's like everything comes 
full circle for you. And you just, a lot of stuff that, that just bothered you or that you was a rebel about, it dissipates, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and I like to, when I bring different spiritual, my spirit, I don't, a lot of my spiritual stuff, I just, you know, I, if somebody asks me point blank, I'll talk with them, but it's not just to be shared mm-hmm. for the sake of share because it, mm-hmm. it's, um, you don't want to overpower somebody or you don't want, your, your beliefs is yours. Yeah. You know? And so I don't, I never do that. But what I always make sure I do is the deep breathing, mm-hmm. the empathic drain, the mm-hmm. qigong, mm-hmm. the uh, having other people understand that whenever there's a problem, the answer is inside yourself. We what we do as soon as something negative happens, this is what they done to me. They didn't do that to you, and, and even if they've done it, your mind has to take it and absorb it and make it make it harm harmful to you. Mm-hmm. Let's make it sense because but you you. I'm the one that's over myself. Uh, like, for instance, this happened. A young lady who lives in the back of the uh, Brookline Community Garden mm-hmm. slash Urban Farm. We are we have got a. Uh, Actually, you're certified Urban Farm now. Yeah, we we well, uh, certified Urban Farm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she uh, got mad about when the surveyors, the land surveyors came, surveyors came and mm-hmm. put a tag on that fence. I always make sure I tell them don't. You know, make sure it's inside this line because mm-hmm. that fence is not my ass. So the girl got came out and just was ranting. And my old self would have ranted back. <laughs> and I would have told her an extra, you know, what hole. Mm-hmm. So I looked at her and I just kind of, I bent so I could be smaller, which I'm small, five feet one. <laughs> but I right bent down, I bent down like I had a Chinese, Japanese, uh, how they greet each other. I just bent a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, I am terribly sorry that they put that on there. I asked them not to. So she was still trying to rant. Then I just looked in her eyes. I said, how are you doing today? She almost started crying. She said, mm-hmm. okay. Well, my mom, I think her mom was sick. I said, well, how your mama doing? She doing okay. That girl has been mm-hmm. a thorn in my side for 15, 20 years. <laughs> but I think she's a little mental. That's mm-hmm. the first time she's felt human. Mm. And I, because I didn't succumb to her energy, mm. you know, I was having a good day, so I kept having a good day. Now, some days, I'm, you know, some days I'm not that conscious of being, um, yeah, compassionate. Some days I'll cut you another hole. I, yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that space, you're you're able to, um, it allows for an easier way to uh, connect with someone's energy and bring them to a place of like, even and not, not necessarily, not even necessarily healing, whatever that irritation or whatever, but bringing, bringing it to a, what is this really about? What do you really need to uncover? What do you, what are you, what's actually hurting as opposed to what's just, what are you reacting to? But how are you actually hurting? That's correct. And see, the average person doesn't even know, you know, because some of the stuff, like they said, it came from generations. Totally. And it's embedded into our psychic and into our, the fibers of our being mm-hmm. and into our DNA. Um, we don't know some stuff. We don't know why we react the way we do. Totally. Why we hate something or why this certain things uh, irritate you or, you know, we don't know. So, mm-hmm. and it takes effort and energy to even drop down into that to even wonder why mm-hmm. or to seek out an answer mm-hmm. and so what i've done i just done it because i had some five daughters that was put into my care i mm-hmm. did not want them to turn out to be uh 
yucky for the uh, lack of a better word, mm-hmm. or to go through the trauma that I went through, mm-hmm. or to even um, turn to drugs and alcohol to suppress mm-hmm. whatever they're feeling. I want them to feel it and go through it, go beyond it, mm-hmm. because there is a light inside of you, and there's a lightness on the other side. That uh, What I'm saying is, when you go through the trouble and trauma, mm-hmm. you can get to the light. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You get to the joy, the mm-hmm. happiness, the um, to feel, because the average person doesn't feel nothing, mm-hmm. and they don't even know they don't feel, so they keep trying to do stuff mm-hmm. to feel alive, you know, buy stuff, buy a whole bunch of stuff, um, look a certain way, mm-hmm. you know. So that when I learned that, I was like, mm. but I, but now I'm at a pro- point. I'm, no judgment. I used to be like, what in the world? No judgment. Mm-hmm. That it, it is what it is until it's something else. Mm-hmm. And the way a person shows up is how they are. Mm-hmm. And then they, if they want to change, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if they want to stay the same, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You have we have choices. And so the average person that comes, they always change. And they have changed me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some girls who are so um that te- this technology stuff is like the devil to me. But I <laughs> it's like, ooh, but I do it now. And to yeah. how I got on this Zoom with you, mm-hmm. I would ha- I, normally I would have to have some help. Mm-hmm. I took some deep breaths. I read over it. And then, of course, just pushing buttons. But you got to right. know the buttons to push. And, yeah. and I was tired with it because you was like, what? But I, I read what you sent me in an email. And then I got on my computer and I mm-hmm. just pushed some buttons. And no anxiety didn't happen. I didn't get all sweaty. You know, palms. <laughs> So that it's a blessing. Yeah. And that is because all these young girls, younger generation 30, mm-hmm. 35, who hang out with me and teach me patiently mm-hmm. how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that, you know, that's that's part of the healing also. You yeah. gotta be with the times. You gotta when things change, even with this gentrification stuff, mm-hmm. getting angry about it is not gonna help now. Right. Band together and you buy some houses. And right. that'll help. Right, keep the housing the black generation, black communities. Mm-hmm. You know, but getting on Facebook and Channel Two and Five and, and mm-hmm. protesting, mm-hmm. we just need it sometimes. But that's all you do right. doing. That's not good. Right. As the protest, okay, what's the next step? Actionable, yeah. Actionable next, very good, yeah. That uh, that that kind of ties into t- well, it kind of morphs two questions into one. So I um. Which if you, if you don't like really need to, if you don't, you don't have to define it by any means, but I know that like, right. A lot of with gentrification and with different, like, uh, predominantly black neighborhoods, like food deserts and food apartheid exists really heavily. So how have you seen this, you being able to hold a space that like, it's not just flower gardening, like you're gardening produce that you're able to give to a community. So how do you feel that 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 exchange of like holstering a community and then being able to feed a community. How does that, like, how does that feel? Like, what does that look like? Um, and how do you see that kind of moving and grooving or when the community, and then also how does uh, you were alluding to this just a moment ago, but how does, um, you know, your focus on intergenerational work and like not only getting young people to kind of be in the dirt and be, gardening or experiencing these kind of energy exchanges but how does that also help like 
older folks in the community or people even just like in their 40s, 50s, like I consider old, like old, old. I don't consider like 40, 50, 60 even to be old, but how, but different generations in the community, how does this also help them like come in, in touch with the greater like understanding of the community and like the earth and all of those things? Okay. Well, with the, um, I'll say uh, seasoned citizens, because that's mm-hmm. what I am. I'm 65. There you go. I'm a seasoned citizen. Mm-hmm. But with them, to me, it gives them more purpose. Uh, and it helps them to stay young. It helps them to stay alive. Help them to know that they matter. Help them mm-hmm. to know that, um, I mean, we have to be real. We don't know when we're going to die. Some people die with 10, 6, 20. But usually in this generation, when you start aging, mm-hmm. and then you let the... Um, your health decline, mm-hmm. start feeling useless, then you die. Mm-hmm. So they start looking to death. I'm still looking to life. Now, when I die, I'll probably braise some hair. Or <laughs> over there uh, pulling some weeds. And <laughs> yeah. then, I, then I'm just going to go to glory. I know I'm not uh, invincible. I know that my time mm-hmm. is out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But for right now, in mm-hmm. this time and space, I'm going to live. And I'm mm-hmm. going to help another person understand that what you got to give to the universe or to another self, give it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the average person, we all caught up trying to make a living out and make some money, get a relationship. Uh, we mad about what happened in the past. It happened. It happened. Now, what are you going to do? It's, it's, called, it's called a so what? So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, negative stuff happened. You, and it's a way... Um, that you can help yourself to let it go. It's a whole lot of uh, rituals. Uh, I know people think that's witchcraft or they think that's voodoo. It might just be, but I know it works. Mm-hmm. Um, just different rituals that you can do to release the energies of the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody's interested, they can come to the Brooklyn Heights Community Arts last Urban Farm or email. Will you put my email and all that stuff up? Yeah. Okay. And they just email me and then, you know, that'll help with that. And the, what I've done, we do live in a food desert, and, and um, as I learned, they said that's, that, was, that was purposely orchestrated because mm-hmm. the average person doesn't know that you heal from the inside out. What, what you feed you, all them ki- uh, chemicals in the potato chips, crackers, all that um, mm-hmm. junk food, mm-hmm. it cannot nourish your body. It just only can break it down. Mm-hmm. It can only, um, it can make you fool. But it's but it's not helping you your cells to regenerate rejuvenate mm-hmm. your cells to start taking all this energy all this effort whatever they be doing with those cells do 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 the little cells are taking all the energy to figure out what is this chemical oh lord so they mm-hmm. try to retract back from it this is my take on it it retracts back but you start dying so with a with an apple that's picked off a tree your cell be like okay that's what's up mm-hmm. and it'll take it and it'll turn into energy it'll mm-hmm. turn into some healthy skin it up your eyes it'll do whatever it's supposed to do but if the chemicals in there and then you, you try to figure out what your mind be like what you start doing drugs and stuff not everybody but it's different type of drugs you know uh, alcohol cigarettes mm-hmm. even some people are addicted to Tylenol mm-hmm. oh I'm, I'm, I'm I having some pain I'm gonna take a Tylenol instead of go for a walk right or right. instead of going for right, a walk right, right, right. you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. So anyway, um, what I just proposed to do just to get to life. Just that's what I was trying to do. Um, 
let people know that the earth, it does heal you. When you dig in that ground, it's highly unlikely. And I love saying that word, highly unlikely, because you can't say it was, it's definite. Mm-hmm. What's, def, what's definite? But it's highly unlikely that you're going to keep being depressed while you're planting some tomatoes and they come up all red and mm-hmm. pretty and juicy. And then the children come and be like, what is that mid pool? And then you get to go through the whole spiel of, of where the a seed came from, how long mm-hmm. it took to germinate. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And then they'd be like, in wonder. So it's like mm-hmm. magic to them. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons I done it. Just, and that might be selfish. I wanted to feel good. I want somebody else to feel good. And I wanted to just help a generation mm-hmm. to understand that we all we got. We mm-hmm. gotta make the best of where we at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it only person you can change is yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I said I have to change myself. I still got a lot of yuck. I take it back. I ain't got much yuck. I got some. <laughs> <laughs> but I spent my days, you know, just being, you know, being alive. Mm-hmm. I really love what you said about um, seasoned citizens feeling. Uh, the the urban farm being a place for them to feel well one I feel just being wanted in general and then also being useful and I think that with it being such an intergenerational space it's so important to have young people be able to see older folks or seasoned citizens being useful and seeing them in a different light besides just like what a lot of popular culture just see doesn't even treat older people as like people essentially and just forgets them but especially in like black communities where it's just like you you literally you're gonna you have your you have your grandma you got your aunties whatever that are around you have like no there someone's gonna try to teach you a lesson every day so it might as well be in this garden where you're both being useful and you're both wanted and you both have a space to have some kind of energy holstered between the two of you. That's exactly right. And see, um, before COVID, because I know a lot of them is leery or incautious and they won't, they don't, they're not showing up anymore mm-hmm. like they were. And I'm not as open, you know, because of COVID, mm-hmm. to be real. Um, but they would come and have weave some of the best stories and the people mm. the children would just hold on to the, every word they were saying mm. and that's something that's that's missing in this culture and it's black generation because we have become so separated we mm. have become the generation of me 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 I, 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 and we don't see the uh, importance of um you know sharing or being a part of each other's lives um mm. you know about how um how much joy how much knowledge mm-hmm. that an older person can bring mm-hmm. yeah and so and the average person older person is scared of this generation totally because then me i'm not scared of them, and i do know sometimes well my cheers and mama somebody don't get you if they uh pants are hanging off excuse me sir i don't want to see your behind and usually they pick they just pull their pants up i don't care mm-hmm. how rough they look excuse me you know mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple of times they have said something small or cursed at me and i just say i am excuse me i thought we were both human beings and then they make them think 
you know, mm-hmm. even though the rough, rough mm-hmm. bad, they, and you, you the one they friends like, man, come on, you know. Yeah. But I believe that we should say something or be a part of it. Like we should. I'm not gonna be scared no little children. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, my so my grandma, uh, Grandma Jean, she. I grew up being at her house a lot. And she always had a really beautiful, uh, she was a flower gardener for the most part. I mean, like truly some of, I garden now because of my grandma and I have, uh, I have a bunch of stuff and she, those are some of my favorite memories is just like learning how, like how to take care of rose bushes, how to, the dip, for the love of God, I do not know any name of any flowers. I can point out vegetables and that's fine. I am off. Every every flower is a chrysanthemum to me. I don't I don't know the names. <laughs> but but being with her a lot and honest, I was a relatively quiet kid, so I I would sit on the porch with my grandma and I would just let her talk about whatever she wanted to talk about and tell whatever story she wanted to and that was so important to me. I can, I, more and more as my grandma, my grandma's 70, she'll be 77 this coming Uh, year. uh, And as she gets older, she lives in Myrtle Beach now, so I just kind of go and visit her when I can. But more and more, because I I do a lot of bread baking and I do do a lot of stuff in in the kitchen. Yeah, I love to cook. I love to bake stuff. And so she also taught me how to cook a lot of the time. And every day more and more, I'm just like, I'll have these different memories of meals or different like what just sitting on her porch at night and just like watching fireflies or whatever. And I think that was such a Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take back any of those moments ever because it was just Mm -hmm. something even just like quietly sitting or doing whatever was such a peaceful time for me because I also grew up in a very chaotic space with my actual parents and my also suffered a lot of like abuse as well so like i i under i needed that piece and it was really i'm so grateful to be able to for my grandma being the gardener and whatever that she was at the time and being able to just quietly live in that space i didn't have to talk about anything if i didn't want to and it was more of just like quietly working around with my grandma and just kind of doing whatever and just being able to be quiet and like not even meditative, just, just quiet. Just quiet. Just be, cause my, my mother, the late out of Bruce Frouse, she is the one that instilled in me uh, about flowers and she had the most beautiful gardens and she was out there and just strategically pick them and plant mm-hmm. them. And they was always huge. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and I was like, why she don't got them fools the most time? Because I thought they just grew. And I would try yeah, to go out yeah. there. As I got older, I would try mm-hmm. to go out there and bend down. Like she, I couldn't bend down. I wasn't that flexible like she was. Mm-hmm. She would stand there for hours just bend mm-hmm. and singing hummy songs. You know, um, I'm not even sure she made them up, but they were just beautiful. And you would just get caught up in the, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. caught up in it and you be like what first you be like what is that yeah. one day you just be yearning for it mm-hmm. yeah yeah like, I just make mine up 
Mm-hmm. But hers was actually some hymns. It was mm-hmm. words. And I just loved it. Yeah. And uh, that made me feel whole. Because um, I almost had a nervous breakdown when I was younger. As I had my one of my, I can't remember which child I had. I think I had two children. Mm-hmm. And then the world just started twirling. My mama, she was a um, professional quilter. So in our oh, house, wow. in, the attic, in our house in the attic, she had set up these quilts. So she was like, go up and quilt. I'm like, I don't know how to quilt. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying in my head, but I didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. I would have been just, and I wish I could find that quilt. But um, when I started stitching, mm-hmm. it was going every which way. But then when I came back to myself, it was making perfect little uh, mm-hmm. half moons. That's what she, so when I started making perfect little half, because she would come and check it every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then finally when I made them half moons, she knew that I was, I had dropped back into myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, we never talked about it. And I never shared the story with anybody. Mm. But it came up when you said you like to sit with your granny. Yeah. You know? And that's one thing that's so important, making um, memories. A child will remember a memory, a good memory, over against all the Barbie dolls you've bought in the whole universe. Mm. They'll, they'll enjoy them Barbie dolls, dolls and and the uh, OK ponies. Uh, but they will hold on to a memory. Because mm-hmm. my grandchildren... They come, and we just do nothing. We might mm-hmm. color, we might laugh, talk, and giggle, dance around. Mm-hmm. I I talk a little bit about reflexology a little, teach them a little bit. I'm, yeah. I teach them in a way that's non-threatening, not sure. non-overpowered, mm-hmm. and we do stuff like that. And so I know that my granddaughter, my youngest granddaughter, fifteen, why she like to hang out with me because we just we bond. Mm-hmm. And now she does hair. Mm. So that's you know, that's what I'm known for. I've been doing hair for like fifty years. And uh, she'll she'll come and do some of the gardening and she cooks. Mm. You know, she cooks way better than I do. She goes by recipes, I just throw stuff in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's how I cook. <laughs> but I, I you know, and if I could give everybody one little nugget mm. is to just find what you enjoy. And uh, uh, get out there, come to the garden, and it'll help you find it because mm-hmm. you have to drop down into yourself to be present. Mm-hmm. You know, to be present with the earth, the water, the seeds. Mm-hmm. But you have to be present. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Just come as you are and be present. Mm-hmm. Thank you again to Miss Pearl for being a nice little guest on this show. I just feel so energetic after that. I just I just get a bunch of energy. She's so sweet and she's bouncing all over the place because she has so much energy and the passion and love that she has for taking care of her community and giving people the respect to be human and showing up in her community to see the see what it is exactly how it is not with rose-colored glasses or with any kind of you know harshness to it but really just seeing it and being like okay what do i gotta do how do i strengthen this how do i get people together how do i get food on people's tables how do i do this this and this and that's amazing that's fucking awesome and i was i'm very moved by it all the time so thank you miss pearl Again, they are raising money for a $2 million build-out. They are using it for a workshop. They are using it for 
uh, meeting space. They are using it to expand land. They're doing all the things so they can do it as successfully and impactfully as possible. Impactfully, is that a word? I'm gonna let it be a word. As with much impact as possible. And so if you are able to donate, if you can share, if you know people that have grants, if you know like all of those things that can get funds into this donation box, all of the information is going to be in the show notes. Uh, let's get that. Let's get them where they need to be going. Let's get them there. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. Uh, I'll see you next time.